0: Hello and welcome to Hyperdrive 1, a Star Wars podcast brought to you by ChannelStarWars.com. The Star Wars channel for Star Wars fans, by Star Wars fans. I'm your host, Mike Mann, and with me is Steve Lamar. We would be honored if you would join us. Today's guest is celebrated throughout the Star Wars fandom. He's an investigative reporter for the BBC in England. He's a filmmaker, documentarian, and massive Star Wars fan. When this guy was born, the galaxy of stars aligned throughout the universe. The Force is so strong with him, it graced him with the ultimate Star Wars birthday, May the 4th, 1977. He's the creator and host of the documentary, The Galaxy Britain Built. He's got a new documentary coming out called Toy Empire, the British Force Behind Star Wars Toys. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome david whiteley
1: hey mike how are you thanks oh, for having me on oh no problem and what a, what a build-up i feel like i feel like I, I, i've i got a lot to live up to <laughs> after that introduction <laughs>
0: um and also we have my good friend and bbc researcher and part of that toy empire project rick matthews
2: Yay. hello
3: mike thanks very much thank you very much
0: you're welcome you're welcome um, Dave, uh, how did you come up with the the idea for your first documentary, The Galaxy Britain well, the, Built?
1: The first one, uh, yeah. Galaxy Britain Built, was um, was kind of born out of always being a Star Wars fan, like like we all are. And um, you know, as you say, I, I was born on May the Fourth, Star Wars Day, nineteen seventy seven. Uh, it was kind of written in the stars, the, you know, the moons and the and, and the the planets and the stars aligned, and I was I was born on that day. So I've never known a world without Star Wars. Um, so growing up, it was it was everything, you know, the, the movies, the toys. Um, and as I, I I got into the BBC and I you know I'm a filmmaker and I present a, a documentary program uh, and I produce films and I and about four years ago just after the the release of the Force Awakens it kind of reawakened my love of Star Wars if you like and and I I think I saw it at the, at the cinema nine times wow <laughs> so um, and in fact a lot of the time on my own <laughs> so I I went to see I went to see the Force Awakens a lot and and it kind of i think for a lot of people really and and it kind of reignited that nostalgia that love of star wars and i've been i've been filming in london and i was heading home I, I live in the east of england and i was heading home and i, I happened to look on twitter and, and mark hamill was doing a, a talk at the 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 cambridge student union i thought you yeah, know it would be great to kind of look at the british side of of what star wars or, or how star wars was made and um Because, you know, obviously, you know, these guys were were here in the 70s. You know, it was Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford all filming at Elstree. But it hadn't really dawned on me just how much a part the British played in Star Wars. Of course, it's an an American concept. George Lucas is American, Gary Kurtz. uh, You know, they wrote it and obviously ILM, the special effects done in America. Um, But they they kind of almost by chance ended up filming it in Britain with British talent uh, behind the camera. So, so I kind of started on this path of, of doing it. It took about two years to, to put that together, and that ended up being a 60-minute film that went out at Christmas 2017. Um, the fans are very kind. The critics loved it. Um, and then um, for this Christmas, we've redone the film. We've made it a 90-minute feature. Um, so turned it into a, a, an hour-and-a-half film with new interviews. Um, we went back and looked at the contribution of the London Symphony Orchestra uh, under John Williams oh. uh, we spoke to Anne Skinner who was the continuity person on the on the on the picture and of course she was there for every single every single take of the of the entire movie so she was there making notes and taking Polaroid uh, uh, pictures for continuity and uh, the British Film Institute gave us access to their archives um, and we ended up filming the, the Polaroids and some of this stuff's been hidden away Mike for like nice. 40 years plus you know yeah. Um, and and Anne even helped Sir Alec Guinness, you know, rewrite one of the most famous speeches of all time when you know, he's, he's explaining to Luke in the homestead on Tatooine what the force is. Um, so they ended up rewriting it so Alec Guinness could get it in his head. Oh. Uh, and we see that on the script. So we see her, you know, her handwritten notes in pencil, how she turned this script into something, you know, very different, well, not very different, but, but different. So Alec Guinness could get it into his head and kind of had some concept of how it should be delivered. Um, So we've reworked it. We've put extra stories in, stuff we couldn't put in before, like um, uh, Roger Christian, the set decorator. He made the lightsaber, but of course, he also made the weapons, stormtroopers, blasters, Han Solo's, Princess Leia's, Chewbacca's crossbow, all that kind of stuff. So there's loads more stuff in it. So we made this feature-length film uh, that's going out next week.
2: Awesome, awesome. Looking forward to it. David, this is Stephen here. Um, So with with creating... your effort behind creating the the, uh, the Galaxy Britain built and being such a, a, a true Star Wars fan that you are, what was it like, you know, talking and meeting some of these people that were <laughs> that were vital and, and just creating this, this world and this movie that so many of us love and live by? Basically built your childhood.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and that is it, isn't it? I'm through all of it. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, something so special. And I, then...
2: How hard was it you to go, step away as the yeah, as the as the presenter? You know, the person doing this documentary, and not just stand there as a fan and go, "Oh my God!" I, you know, this is you know. How many well, times did the fan uh, the fan come out in you during these things?
1: If you if you watch the when you see the film, Stephen, and, and it's very prevalent, I think, in the in the new version, which totally feels like a totally new film because we were, we were able to go back a, a bit like george lucas did and, and work on things more you can see in my face i'm just holding it back and i'm beaming from ear to ear because
3: oh, it's
0: just, yeah your your yeah. your reaction when you were talking to the gentleman that made the lightsaber oh,
3: yeah i mean yeah, Roger, you could yeah.
0: see your face look like it hurt you were smiling so big oh and yeah. then you got it to was... hold it i was i was blown <laughs> away
1: Yeah, it was, I was itching to hold it, and I tried to, I think on camera, I tried to maintain a level of professionalism, (laughs) but inside, oh, it's the lightsaber, it's Luke Skywalker's like this, so it was, it was, it was very exciting, and of course, these guys are just like you and I, they're just, you know, regular guys, but they're very talented, and, and very modest, very humble, Um, and, but no, I felt that I don't really think anyone had really sat them down before for long interviews. And they said this to me afterwards. No one had actually ever spent the time speaking to them at length on camera.
0: It's a brilliant, brilliant idea. I mean, me, I love behind-the-scenes stuff. I love seeing how things are made. And to see, you know, yeah, I know it's more than just Americans. But to see, like, the talent over there that helped build... My childhood was was absolutely amazing, and I loved I loved the film. I I loved Thank watching you. it. It was such a fun watch.
2: It, it was it was it was I was yeah. I actually sat there and um, at my computer watched it, um, and actually had to rewind a few times on it to to go back through. And I was just captivated by uh, you were sitting there with with uh, one gentleman uh, going through a book.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
2: and I was just and, you know you know he had this stuff put away for. 30 plus years and pulls, you know, oh, has this been put away on a shelf for this many years? And it's, you know, how many people would just die to have something like that or actually look at it or, you know.
1: (laughs) That was, to be fair, Steve, that was quite a moment when we, and and sadly John Mollo, the costume designer you're referring to is no longer with us. And in fact, he passed away just before the film went out. Um, so So the new version of the film is actually dedicated to John Mollo and Gary Kurtz, who's oh. obviously no longer with us as well. Nice. Okay. Yeah, and, and they were such, such gentle people as well and so generous with their time and what they could do for us. So modest. Yeah. Um, Gary and, and John, and in fact, everyone we spoke to. But when, we, when, when, when John Waller got those, those sketchbooks out, you know, the, the, the early costume designs for, for Star Wars, obviously all based on the fabulous concept art of, of Ralph McQuarrie. Yes. And then J- John was tasked with doing very military-style stuff. He he'd worked on Dr. Zhivago as a military uh, advisor. He was a military historian. And then he moved into costume design. And we're there to go through these books and thinking, this is insane. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. We're going through stuff here. And some of that, he started working on some of that stuff in the mid-'70s. I, I, and just think how old it is, and it had been sat there on a shelf. Yes, and I will tell you something funny that happened. That, that when John wasn't looking, one of his cats came in, and 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 unbeknown to John, started clawing at the paper. We were wow. like, oh, "Oh, get it off! Get it off!" Did you make <laughs> and, a pair of mittens? No, well, there was there was <laughs> yes, exactly. We should have done. It. There was a there was there was a scratch mark in the in the book. But uh, but oh my word! I mean to see to see that work and and how and also the evolution of the costume designs. Yeah. So not just going straight in on you know that's Chewbacca or that. Yeah, I remember
2: Darth the. Darth uh, Vader. I remember the early concept drawing of Chewbacca. How how just how it looked and mm. where, it, where it went to. And yeah,
0: he was kind of weird looking.
2: Very very. Yeah yeah. So you mentioned that with this whole the um, uh, the re edit that we've done. You've added in how much more? So the original was sixty minutes um how how much more how much longer is this new extended version that we're coming out in
1: it's it's 90 minutes so it's yeah it's 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 pretty it's it i have to say when i i had to i had to pull all the edit script together and it was a beast i've never i've never made a film that's you know it's a feature film you know 80 minutes is a feature film so it's 90 minutes long and uh it just took so much work to kind of go back and forth and make sure it all flowed. Because in my naivety, I think I thought, "Oh, we're just adding another half an hour." And and Matt, who I made the original film with, him and I thought, "Oh, it's fine." But basically, you have to literally pull the whole thing apart,
0: yeah,
1: and and um, start again and look at the the narrative and the story arc.
0: It sounds of like the you. Documentary. It sounds like you basically had to re-edit the entire film.
1: Oh, well, we, we did. Wow, we did. We re-edited the whole film, but. The, you know, so I say, stepping back and looking at it now. Yeah. it feels like the product we wanted to make two years ago.
0: so out of out of all the stuff you had to to sift through to extend the film, was there anything in there that you couldn't put in that you really wanted to? <sighs>
1: um, I would say now, no. um I still there are still lovely stories that as as film fans, Star Wars fans, you would want to hear., yeah. but I think as a piece of television, as a document uh, documentary, I think that we've got all the best stuff in we can because we've also got some wonderful archive that we discovered that the BBC had tucked away of John Williams conducting the, the London Symphony Orchestra f- for the Empire Strikes Back and and uh, and all this stuff. And I found a wonderful interview with Sir Alec Guinness on, on, a, on a show called The Michael Parkinson Show in 1977 talking about the clunky dialogue on Star Wars, but how he was enthralled by it. And he was he, he had to keep turning the page. And he even though he, he says... It's a wonderful quote. He said, uh, oh, I realized it was science fiction. I thought, crumbs, this isn't for me. But I had to keep turning the page. And he was very impressed. He knew, he, he knew of George Lucas. Yeah. And and he he, he thought it was a, a page turner. And that's what got him you know, on board. And and all these little, little bits of archive we've found that have added to the, to the whole mix of the documentary, I think, have enhanced it.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, but when Sir Alan Guinness was originally approached about this, he was not because the whole idea of the sci-fi he just it was almost beneath him at the time I mean it was his initial thought when uh, he was approached for the movie wasn't he well I can I can
1: quote what he says on this talk show back in 77 he says he says, oh, I, I realized it was science fiction I actually got crumbs this is not for me yeah um, because you know that was not me you, know, you know he was a classically trained actor you know fabulous actor uh, but uh,
0: he was an academy the, award-winning actor <laughs> Already, and he was yeah. knighted. You know, very oh, he early was knighted on in his by that time? Oh, yeah! I oh, didn't yeah. know. That. I think
1: it was the, I think it was the late fifties. He was knighted.
2: Wow! Um, yeah, very early on. So, between these two documentaries that you've done, and, and with the new one coming out here, um, who was the who was the most memorable person you got to meet or interview? Being the Star Wars fan that you are. Ooh if you had to to pick one person that you could sit down or you could go back to and 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 just sit down have a cup of tea or a beer with or that just is ingrained in your mind now for the rest of your life that you'll say you know what i i I got to meet this person i got to talk to him and it's 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 had an impact on you
1: i I, i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a diplomatic answer (laughs) that's all right but i i tell you what i I loved meeting them all, and everybody had wonderful stories.
0: It's Mike but, Mann, right?
1: Yeah, that's it. That, exactly, exactly. It's good, Mike. good. Um, uh, I, for me, you know, I've, I've I've met, you know, I've kept in touch with a lot of the people we we filmed, um, you know, through email and and various bits and bobs, and they've all been they've all almost become friends. Some of the fact, some of them have become friends. Yeah, and and there are there are two who I stay in touch with very much. So, in fact it's not two it's three or four actually it's it's you know roger christian i speak to a lot through whatsapp and and he lives in canada so we catch up you know on on email etc um and then uh les dilly through his wife we chat quite a bit the art director but i i do spend a lot of time seeing robert watts he's he's become a a very good friend actually over the last few years and also colin gowdy the the guy that edited rogue one he's just one of the nicest people you could ever meet, but you know they all were Gareth Edwards. They were all just fabulous to me, and and I feel so. Well, it's it's. I I think even now, I mean, I'm sitting in my office at home, and I've got a I've got a you know a framed picture with our poster saying Galaxy Britain Built, and all the pictures of the guys around it with, on the shoot, and I've got two tweets from Mark Hamill about the Galaxy Britain Built, you know, and it's and you know that to me is I think yeah I I I did that. <laughs> I can I don't have anything left to prove. I've done it.
0: Was there anybody you wanted to get into the documentary that you couldn't get in? George Lucas. Oh uh, that's exactly you know, we, <laughs> that was completely answered. We, we um
1: we asked him via a couple of people and we had a very respectful um decline and busy guy, fair enough. Um but it, it just wasn't to be. But I, I'd have loved to have got his perspective on on working with, with the British guys. I mean, there's been a lot in the documented about certain people falling out with George, which I, I, I'm not going to go into, but I know that there were there were lots of people who, who surrounded him, who became good friends, um, you know, like Roger, like Norman Reynolds, um, like Les Dilley, all these guys, that and Robert Watts, you know, Robert went on to work with George on all the Indiana Jones films, well, the first three, and he ended up being the producer on two of them. Because they just had they just had a report, you know. It's gone on so well, so I, I'd have loved to have got George's take on
2: things. So to build on yeah. my, uh, my 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 previous question, where I asked you, you know, um, the person you somebody you met that's most memorable. What was um, if you could pick one item that you've seen in all in in both documentaries that you just totally went, you know, you walked away just going, oh my gosh, I just I just saw this, or I got the. You handle it, or whatever it may be. No, I, oh, well, it has to be the lightsaber, doesn't it? I mean, it has to be. Yeah, I mean, you—you you, you
1: just, you know, you, it, yeah, it, it's very special to see, you know, contracts with Lucasfilm on, and and wonderful concept art, and and costume designs, and all that kind of stuff. But but to actually hold one of the lightsabers that was that was used on screen, or would have been made at the time,
2: and the story uh, behind how they they came across you know oh, how yeah. they he just went to the camera shop and 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 went through the ban, the bin and found those and um i got chills yeah and yeah now now if you go out and you look up those um those those flash Graflex. those those things are just astronomical as far as buying them oh yeah they're just they're so expensive for for the for the need so
1: yeah i mean totally it's a bit like it's a bit like the uh the Star Lord Guardians of the Galaxy effect on 1970s, 1980s retro Warpman's. I mean, I tried. My kids wanted a wartman after seeing the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh. <laughs> through the roof! Thanks, thanks to that show. So it's it's kind of you know obviously that with Star Wars with, with Graflex Handle.
2: So we have the we have the new documentary coming out here. When is it? When is it coming out? The uh, the. Uh, right, it's 16. And, and Rick, you were you were pretty instrumental in in the in the development and creation of uh, this documentary with, with David. Um, can you can you elaborate on that?
3: Yeah well, I um <clears throat> oh, w well, I wouldn't say I was instrumental. I, I, I um I, I, I came up with with the initial idea that I wanted to do something. So um you know my history is that that obviously I, I kind of was with Colonel Star Wars uh, you know a while ago now. Uh, and I wanted to do something I wanted to kind of evolve my career and so you do that so you you become a little bit entrepreneurial and you, you, you try and you know kind of come up with ideas and concepts and, and David will tell you how difficult it is to try and you know claw projects through through you know whatever system or media you, you need to um, and so as part of that and, and obviously I knew David quite well he's a very very good friend my, you know uh, best man at my wedding and um, uh, we're bouncing ideas around and, and it, it, it became quite obvious that the best thing to do was to try and, you know, go through the BBC. And obviously if you do something through the BBC, it's got to have a British or an English angle. Um, and so I wanted to do something around toys and, and, and you know, kind of wasn't there. And it was actually Mike who said to me, you should do it about Palatoy. Um, uh, and so then I, I kind of thought, Oh yeah, yeah. So I pushed and pushed and pushed. And I, I don't think David was convinced at first. <laughs> um, so I pushed for about a year, uh, and um, and then you know, it looked like it wasn't gonna happen and there were other outlets like, Oh, you know, I'm preparing the pitch, and know I, I, I think I wrote sort of most of the script for the kind of you know for Roughly how it was gonna be and I kind of you know, researched pretty much everybody that, that was on the internet that, that had worked at Palatoy, And all of a sudden the BBC said, you know, yeah, we'll take it and then to be honest because you know, look, I'm an amateur at this. This isn't, you know, I haven't done this like this before. Um, so, so it was a case of, you know, kind of David's been gracious enough to kind of show me how you put, you know, a documentary together and what you do and how you do it and how you put the interviews together, etc. And, you know, to be honest, the, the guy's an expert at what he does. He's done it for a long time. Uh, and, you know, he's an award-winning documentary maker, producer, um, as well as being um, uh, a, a presenter as well. Um, and that's the reality, you know, galaxy, it's won awards. Um, you know, it really is kind of up there, it, you know, and, and if you watch it, it's, 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 it's probably, you know, it, it is a love letter to star Wars, but it's probably one of the best put together. Um, and, uh, you know, Star Wars documentaries you'll ever see, you know, and that you look at empire dreams and all those kind of docs that, that were made, you know, right the way through, through the eighties and, 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 you know, right the way through, um, it's it's kind of brilliant in the way it's there um and so so you know to say i was instrumental i came up with the idea um but to be honest it's 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 all been kind of david and then obviously there's there's um matt and, who David will, will tell you about the, there's matt the director and, and, and matt the cameraman um and do you know yeah, yeah. You know, you've got Matt Parker, who's um, uh, he's, he's a producer as well, isn't he,
1: David? I think. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's a, yeah. he's a cameraman. But I, I will just say, I mean, I'm, I'm very flattered by what you're saying, Rick. But, but actually, you know, you, you were you were and are very integral to this production. So, you know, w- without you pushing for it to happen, it wouldn't have happened. And, and you know, there, there was, I'll, I'll be honest, and I'll be honest with everyone now, is that I was slightly skeptical. I was like, oh, is
0: it going to work? It's basically the toy galaxy that Britain built yeah
1: yeah basically it was a spin-off from that really and 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 and, and rick really knows his stuff and and you know as a as a media producer as well um so to have rick on board as part of the production team and integral to the production unit and helping us steer things with 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 his consultancy and the research he did it, it was it was vital without that we wouldn't have the film we've got thank you
2: so, the, the, the premise behind this this new documentary is is Pelletoy, a, a British company that was creating um, some of the original uh, toys from uh, Star Wars. Correct? If I'm, along, because I know that there was. I I, um, I actually have a friend of mine who has collected and had them graded, and some of the original, and, and sold some of the original. Um, uh, action figures and stuff like that, and I know that there was some made in Mexico, and there was some made in the United States, and I do know that there was some made over in uh, England. And that's where that's where I originally heard of Pelletoy was through him, and then uh, as you know, working with Mike here with Channel Star Wars, he told he told me about the documentary, and I was like, it just it just kind of funny how it all just kind of came around at the same time when I heard about it, and you know, and I was initially learning about the collecting of of toys, so that was yeah how. Pelletoy was just some of the stuff that they, and it's truly hard to find uh, for the collector um, to find the Pelletoy uh, toys nowadays. I know that they're they're harder to find than, than the average.
1: I, I I think that that's that's why they are they are so sought after because of course with Kenner you had a vast. Market, you had the entire United States. I mean, United States is a vast country compared to Great Britain. You know, you've got a much smaller kind of market. So, so Palatoy by the very definition of geography, you've got a, a smaller market. So, so few of them were made. Um, and I think, well, collectors now refer to it as a Palatoy tax. You know, if you want, if you want a Palatoy Star Wars toy, you're going to pay more for it. Yes, um,
2: absolutely. Yeah. It, it, there, there are the um, the carded figures that have the the three pala name you know name across it and everything um, yeah I, I've, I've done my research on the Pe toy toys for collectibles and they're a little out of my pay grade so uh, you know the wife won't let me do a pelet but they're crazy
1: to- I mean they go for big money, money Rick will vouch for this we we were the the last part of the, the shoot we did was at an auction um, just north of London um, and they did their very first vintage toy auction. And a cardboard Death Star, which was unique compared to the plastic Death Star that Kenner made.
2: I had the plastic one growing. Yeah, up. Yeah,
1: but the, the cardboard one. I mean, you imagine it's cardboard, and you think, okay, it went for one thousand four hundred pounds. Wow! So, <laughs> so, and and they go for lots of money because they were cardboard, uh, and and obviously, yeah, the plastic ones, the ones that are made in, in by Kenner, are more likely to have survived being played with, and and over the last 40 years survived more the cardboard ones they didn't survive and the reason they made it in cardboard was to save money it, it, What's interesting and, 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 and i know rick will vouch for this as well doing the interviews with the guys from palatoy there was a par- there was a very much a parallel story to the story of george lucas trying to get star wars off the ground that's what it felt like to me
3: yeah they they they, they tell a similar tale um, you know, in that the, there's a very similar, a very British viewpoint in kind of, you know, how, how they look at, at this, this new thing that's going to come out and this, this, you know, it was a very different time. And so, you know, sci-fi wasn't a big thing back then, like it is now, you know, and it wasn't cool to be a geek, you know, <laughs> it wasn't cool to, to kind of, you know, to like these sort of things. And so it, you know, it, it really, it changed. You know, it did change the world, but it really, really changed culture for, for for people that that you wouldn't have thought it would have changed. Uh, and the, you know, the the Docker thing tells a story. Just a, a very gives you a, a, a glimpse of just how these people's viewpoints changed
0: as well. That's amazing. Did you guys get to see the the original factory?
1: Yeah yeah it was it's it's not that exciting <laughs> now <laughs> you know it's an it's a conference center now which is a very nice conference yeah. center oh. <laughs> but, but um you're in a room that that was what i think wasn't that room the sales room we filmed all the interviews
3: in yeah that was the sales room that yeah. was um uh, there, there's um there, there's a a baby factory uh <laughs> which right. was which was where the design team were um there's also um a a, a printing or a it's not a station, as it's like a um, a retail point of sale um, factory. Um, that you know, and they, they, they actually make some quite cool stuff if you go in there.
2: I'm sorry, you you said a baby factory?
3: No, it's, it's, yeah, it's um, they make babies. babies. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they, they do actually. They're clones, but we we have to cut. that bit out because we're not allowed to say <laughs> it. Um, no, it's um, it, they, they they make babies clothes do they, David? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I was on just... the
1: outside shoot, so I didn't go in on the yeah, inside. Yeah. Break. Well, to be that never made the cut in the end. To be fair, that <laughs> so didn't go in. Um, but but you know what's lovely is that is that there there is still a, a pride there, and I I think that. Do you remember, Rick, we actually had the cake made? The, the I do remember the cake, The Star Wars cake and the cake-cutting sequence that seemed to go on forever, um, which has ended up... We shoved this at the end of the film. We got like a mini-reunion, if you like. But the great thing about these guys is that Palo Altoid pretty much... Well, it, it ended in 1985. Uh, its parent company sold it off. And a lot of the people were laid off. But a lot of them have stayed in touch. And they all wax lyrical about their wonderful time of being at Palatoy. And it didn't just make Star Wars toys for the, for the UK market. They made Action Man. They made a doll that cried called Tiny Tears. You know, Palatoy were very successful, a very successful company. Um, and the, and the, the managing director Will, will told us a great story. And, and Rick was there. Our eyes all sort of widened as he told us this story. He said he, he was also looking after another company within the group. And Bernie Loomis from Kenner uh, said to said to Bob Simpson, the managing director of Palatoy. Look, I really want you to do Star Wars. And He said, "That's great. I've seen the film. I think it's fantastic." But actually, I'm going to offer it to another company in the group. So he went to this other company in the group, and they wanted to they said, "Oh no, we can't possibly take that. We're doing a TV series on something called Man from Atlantis." And and Bob Simpson said, "Are you sure? You sure you don't want Star Wars?" "No, no, no, no. We've got 12 TV shows on the back of this." They went back to Bernie Loomis and said, and Bernie said, "Well, you give them the option. They're fools, but if you do the job you do with Action Man, we'll be laughing all the way to the bank." <laughs> and they
2: were. So I, I'm assuming there uh, there was people who are there was there was actually original Pelletoy toys within the documentary that you guys are showing, right? Yeah. So yeah, we, we. who who brought these in? Were they collectors? Were they former employees were who who brought these uh, some of these toys in and, and what ones did you guys get to see well it there
1: were these amazing guys who very much connected to the local community just through being star wars fans basically and there was a guy called andy andy lamb and a guy called david gillis and they they were just big star wars fans and they brought their collection along to be the backdrop for the interviews so you had the death star you had the land of the Jawas, you had a droid factory, you had the Millennium Falcon, you had the Snow Speeder, the Land Speeder, X Wing Fighter, TIE Fighter, all there, you know, all the figures. So we we were it's a bit like being in a toy shop.
2: So Rick, you being the, the Star Wars fan that you that you are, what um, what toy did did you get to see? Um, you know, you just you you, you became a big fanboy when once you saw it? I, I
3: think the 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 best thing uh, about it was looking at the prototypes, Um, and and believe it or not, I think, um, as an engineer, it was looking at the drawings. So they 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 drafted a series of of drawings and sketches, you know, the same way you would build a building, um, uh, but for. to fabricate the moulds and the, 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 the various bits and pieces that are required to actually put these toys together. And that, that for me was probably one of the most in-depth things. And one of the things that, that, that really came across to me was you could scale them. So for example, when they, when they put vehicles together, um, you, you could scale that vehicle. And that—that's kind of in my head. I was just, yeah. Well, I—I I would do this, uh, and um, yeah. So, so my mind started to run away with itself a little bit there.
0: We were gonna wrap it up, but before we did, we uh, like to do this little thing we call the trench run for
2: you, David. Rick knows no, about this. Rick knows yeah. about this, but uh, David, we're gonna take you through the trench run. So- okay, go on. We're just
0: gonna fire questions at so, you. So and you just oh
2: god, okay. So it, it's you know put your uh, put your nav computer away and just uh, use the force, all right?
1: <laughs> you pick up your visual scanning.
2: Exactly. On it. So uh, question number one: What was the first Star Wars you saw on the big screen?
1: Return of the Jedi. In what year? 1983.
2: All right. Next: Darth Vader, Darth Maul, or Kylo? Oh, Darth Vader. All right. Padme or Princess Leia? Princess Leia. Light side or dark side? Light side. One or two-bladed lightsaber? No, oh, one. Come on. <laughs> Anakin or Luke? Luke. Han or Chewie? Oh, Han. R2, C-3PO, or BB-8? Oh, R2-D2. Stormtrooper or Boba Fett? Ooh, Boba Fett. Ooh, okay. Obi-Wan or QuiGon? Qui-Gon. Obi Wan, Finn or Rey. Ray. Poe Dameron or Lando Calrissian.
1: Lando Calrissian.
2: There you go. I don't think that, there's there's no debate on that one. <laughs> All right, next one. This is this is a little tougher one. Millennium yes. Falcon or Slave One. Oh, Millennium Falcon. Any day. All right. X-wing or Tie Fighter. X-wing. All right, and your favorite Star Wars film. Ooh, ooh! Come two. Um, and it can't be the uh, the the Galaxy Britain built.
1: <laughs> no, I wasn't going to think of that one.
0: It's going to be a, um, canon a Canon film. The Canon film, okay. <laughs> um, is the holiday special one? Um, <laughs> um, they did bring I it, it into Mandalorian.
1: Ah, did they? I've not seen that yet. Obviously, because we're months behind. Um, uh, I think. Being the era I am, and I love all Star Wars, but I'm going to be boring and say The Empire Strikes Back because I, I just love it. It's
2: not boring. That's, that's by far my favorite.
1: Yeah. I, just, I, just, and I think, I think if, and if people said to me, if I had to choose one in the modern day, it would be Rogue One.
2: Yes. Probably absolutely.
1: because I've become friends with Gareth Edwards and Colin Gowdy, but I, I just think, for me, just, just edges it ever so slightly. And I think it's a great film. They're all great films, but I just, I just love those two.
2: Favorite Star Wars character?
1: Oh wow, 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 wow! That's really difficult. They all evoke such emotion. Uh, going back, um, I'm gonna. Oh, gosh,
2: let's say Han Solo. Okay, and finally, your favorite Star Wars quote. Oh,
1: um, I think for me, and I, I think. This goes back to, to when I was a kid and I, I love the bit when Luke has just blown up the death Star in, in a new hope and it wasn't called a new hope then. And and you hear Obi Wan Kenobi just say, Remember the force of a will really always. That to me, I think out of all the quotes for me was it was it kind of summed up the, the mantra of Star Wars and I think it still does to this day. Oh,
2: I really like that. Awesome, answer. awesome, awesome, great answers. Thank you. So once again, gentlemen, both of you, Rick, David, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, look forward to watching this uh, this new documentary coming out. I, I like I said, I I'm, and and the uh, the extended version of the uh, Galaxy Britain built, but also this new one coming out. The Toy Empire, the Toy Empire. I'm sorry, yes, it just slipped my mind.
0: Um, where can we Where can we see these uh, documentaries?
1: Uh, well the, the Galaxy Britain built will be on in the UK on BBC4 and same with Toy Empire but Toy Empire will get an international screening in the new year on BBC World News now, but I'll let you know when that is.
0: Are these are these um, films going to be put out on DVDs Blu-rays? Uh,
1: not to my knowledge unless unless a company approaches the BBC and says we'd like to license it which almost happened last time and it didn't quite it didn't quite make it over the line.
2: What's your? What's the next project for Star Wars with you, David?
1: Oh, I just need to sleep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he, he, he says that every
1: time. <laughs> yeah, I do. Rick knows. Rick knows. Rick. Rick's still. Rick's. Rick's still firing at all cylinders, and the sad guy, I'm not. And he said, "Well, there's something. Yeah, just give me. Just give me a couple of months or so." Um,
2: well, obviously, I Rick, Rick it, you've got to have something work in your head too, don't you? He's got loads of stuff far more than I have. I'm all spent.
1: There's
3: there's. Um, yeah, there's some stuff in the pipeline. Yes, awesome. There there's, awesome. There's awesome. There's, um, I think, I'd like to work with David uh, again, and I think we've got something that we'd like to do. Um, we have some potential there, don't we? We've yeah, but we've got there are a few things there. It just needs you know kind of a vehicle, um, and then there's there's some stuff that, that that I'm working on on my own, which is um, very well, exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. Is it what I think it is, Rick? Yeah, that's that's back on the table from oh, the look of it. I mean, you know, awesome. whether or not they'll yeah, whether or not um, you know they'll, they'll 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 still do it. I don't know, but it's because yeah. um, obviously a lot of things have changed. And um, but but yeah, it, it's um, you know I, I'm I'm more willing to do it than I was um, before. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, and I'm kind of yeah, I'm fired up to do
2: it. So yeah, awesome, no. awesome. Well, once again, like I said, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank here. you. Um,
1: thank you very much.
0: Is there any? Um, is, do you want to let anybody know where to find
2: you, David? Social media?
1: Yeah, you can find me. I've got a bizarre social media hashtag. You can look David Whiteley, you'll find me. But I'm at David underscore Inside Out, and Inside Out is that I'm not actually physically Inside Out. That would be awful. But okay. I'm. Um, it's, the, it's the main TV show I do. I do in Britain, so um, so that's why I'm. But you, if you just search my name or the Galaxy Britain built, you can find me and um, you can find out about... Because I mainly tweet about Star Wars.
0: Yeah, you, you guys need to really check out the Galaxy Britain build. It is, it is awesome. And with an extended cut... Yeah, yeah, and Toy be... Empire.
1: Toy Empire, the British force buying Star Wars toys. Thanks to Rick...
2: Looking forward to that. ...coming up
1: with the idea, and you pushing him and, and me, me going, yeah, and then go, yes, absolutely.
2: It's, Rick, what about you on social idea. media? Rick, how do, how do people follow you on social media?
3: Yeah, I don't have a TV program of my own. Um, or no, I'm I'm at Rick Matthews on Twitter. I have got some, you know, Instagram and whatever, but I don't really use it. So, um, but yeah, yeah, uh, I'm at Rick Matthews on on social media.
0: All right, guys. Twitter. Well, we really look forward to seeing it, and um, that's all we got for you today.
1: Well, thank you, thanks thanks for, you thanks much, for thank, thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us. I really appreciate it.
1: Pleasure, absolute pleasure, real right. pleasure.
2: Thanks, guys. Bye, bye.